episode 352 after the whistle presented by seneca buffalo creek casino where nothing else comes close the factor played his 1000th game last night who's that who's the factor i have no idea i don't know him personally as the factor i always feel like it's i feel like it's weird to call someone by their nicknames if you don't actually have a personal relationship with the person you know what I mean? So, like, for me to walk around and be like, what's up, Factor? God, I can't. I, I have no idea. There's a talk show on one of the one of the political channels. I, I don't know which one, but it's the blank Factor. Okay. That's your guess. One of the toughest of all time was Terry blank Boston Bruins legend Boston Bruins legend Terry Terry O'Reilly so Ryan O'Reilly Ryan O'Reilly really yeah one th- I good lost my love of hockey in Buffalo there you go I'm gonna go win a cup in St. Louis good for him how are they doing in uh in uh Nashville so so they're like the Sabres. I think they were I think they're not as well as they're expected four to four and five. No, I think that's kind of where they should be. Oh, is it okay? All right. Do you I not think made, uh no, I thought they made some moves in the offseason, didn't they? Okay, what'd they do? Well, they brought in the factor. Okay, well the factor the factor five years ago skated around like he had like a small baby on his back. Okay, so it's every so single funny. game. It's so funny that you say this because he did a solo lap. And he comes on the bench and he takes his shot and then he goes to do like a hard turn into the corner. I'm going to tell you, man, I honestly think I could skate faster than he could right now. I think there's about four or five players in the league that I could still get a step on. Easily. <laughs> so you I may not be the you may not be the greatest skater, but you're a genetic freak. You're one of those guys that are freaky, fast, and strong, even though you're not the greatest skater of all time. That's what you are. And, you know, 10 years removed from the game, I still think that you could beat 10% of the guys in the NHL easily. I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. You got to you gotta realize how much you weigh right now. 230? Uh, yeah, 230. Okay, so when you played, you were what, 240, 250 at some point? Uh, Yeah, the highest I played at was like 248. Okay, so you're you're actually... I was only 10.4% body fat, but Sabres thought I was fat. (laughs) That's true. 6'4", 250, 10% body fat, get on the the bike. Yeah. Okay, and, you know, listen, you're you're 20 pounds less than what you actually played, and I think that you could uh, get on the ice right now and beat 10% of the NHL players down the ice. I'm there's no question. I'd have to do a full lap because I'm I'm I I better on the turns. I get my speed coming out of the turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Get those well, good big for thirteens uh, crossing over. Good for Ryan O'Reilly. He's he's been a hell of a hockey player, you know, and his and his. Uh, Thousand game in the NHL, big Stanley Cup win in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I, you always think back to Ryan O'Reilly and what could have been if you could have had Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart 
and Ryan O'Reilly and and that group of players find a way to to make it work because they were they were fantastic players at the time. Obviously, the two uh, Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel were very very young, immature guys at the time. But Ryan O'Reilly was was uh, in his prime. Like, what did we get him? Like, he was what twenty seven when we got him. I think what sucked. Well, do you remember 20, how they 26, got him? 26, 27. Do you remember how they got him? Uh, was there a squabble between Colorado or something like that? Contracts squabble? How did that work? Contract squabble, but I think the Sabres gave up Zadorov, okay. Comfer, okay. and maybe Mikhail Gregorenko. That is, that is true. That's true. Um, Zadorov at the time was a complete and utter train wreck. Like, I mean, the biggest train wreck of all time shouldn't have been in the NHL. That's where they, that's where they faltered with that situation as he should have been, uh, learning to become a man. So here's the thing. When you look at him, he's a man child. He was six foot four. He is a massive, massive kid at the age of what? 19. He wasn't upstairs, upstairs in his mind. He was still a very, very immature young man, which I don't, which I don't um, think is, is wrong. Like that's what most young kids are, you know, Um, but they rushed him. They rushed Zadorov. He should not have been here. I think he would have been an unbelievable asset for the Buffalo Sabres, but they screwed it up. They rushed them. He should not have been here. Greg Renko was another one. Yeah. I don't think he should have been playing in the NHL. He should have been in the minors, learning, getting better. And if it would have taken him till he's 24 years old to figure things out, then you keep him in the minors until he figures it out because he had all of the skill in the world. They screwed up easily. One of the biggest screw ups by far times 10. Alex Nylander. Anyway, I just went well, squirrel there. I didn't even no, know. No, no, no. It, it's it, it's all relevant because it goes it goes along with our uh, Seneca side notes that went out last night about developing players. Yep. You know, and how to how to develop them properly. Sabres so much of a rush in today. They're in, there's so much well, do you know why? of a rush in you know today's why? game. Why? Money. Oh, cheap labor. There you go. Cheap labor. Bring these young guys in that you are three years of a million young dollar and... player. Yeah. Looking forward to our chat with JR today. I want to, I have a topic I can't wait to talk to you guys about, which you and I have not talked about yet. So you two are the Ooh. perfect guys to talk to Okay. about it. Um, because you know the subject quite well. Uh, Sabres play tonight. And then on Friday night against the Philadelphia Flyers, home and home with the Flyers coming up. I don't want to sit here and guess what's going to happen with Zach Benson in the next couple of weeks because we've already done that. Well, you do know that Boston on 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 a, on the same level, Boston just announced that they're keeping. Um, I can't remember his first uh, uh is it Jordan? Jordan uh Portress. Portress. 
Ontario, Ontario kid. I think he was drafted like 54 overall to Boston, ended up making the team this year. And I think they've been pretty impressed with his, uh, his, his development, but he's, you know, he's also surrounded by a massive amount of leadership, which I would feel, I think the Boston Bruins feel very comfortable because this young, impressionable person is being brought into an environment that has, you know, a very old core, you know, the Pasternak, the Marshawn, Charlie Coyle, um, who else do they have there? I guess Jake DeBrus is not super old, but James Van Riemsdyke, um, you know, they've got a really good, strong core there. So they feel very comfortable bringing this young guy yeah, in, and, and obviously he's performed and, pretty well. And that's the thing. I mean, you're you're talking about bringing an 18-year-old kid into an organization where I understand they've lost a lot of players, but they still have that that uh, rollover leadership and experience that 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 these guys from the Chara ages and all all the way back right. left learned over there. from Chara. Bergeron, Krejci, now Marshawn's there. Marshawn's been there since I was in the league. Okay, yep. so. Yeah. It, it's 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 a little different to me still with an 18 year 19 year old kid in Boston and an 18 year old or 19 year old kid in Buffalo it's yeah. very it's still very different to me I think the circumstances are different I'm not going to continue to shit on this Sabres 10th game of the season tonight against Philly this is a chance for to, for them to pull into 500 I don't want to go and say this is a must win this early in the season, but you're nine games into the season. And now you have to start winning the games that you should be winning and separating yourself from the teams that you have gotten better than and teams that are still, that you're still trying to chase. Philadelphia needs to be one of those teams that the Sabres have put in a rear view mirror for the next couple of years. Anyway, they're, they're overachieving are they overachieving or is Philly's very, kind of- very good point. Thank you for saying that. Well, well said overachieving the Philadelphia flyers. I had, they picked what five, five, two years ago, they picked five cutter Gauthier. cutter Gauthier, who's an absolute this year they got ball. That. Who's Miroshenko. not here yet. He's still playing D one hockey, but he is an absolute stud. Okay. And he's going to be in the NHL next year. Next year, he's an absolute stud. Who'd they pick last year? People need to understand this. The Russian hockey player was growing up. Him and Connor Bedard were basically competing. Mitchkov. 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 Thank you. Mitchkov, who's a 2005 and Bedard, who's a 2005, both were vying for the number one overall pick. They were competing for a few years before, obviously, the NHL draft. Everybody knew about these two players. They were neck and neck, and no one knew who was going to basically come out at the end. The difference is Connor Bedard plays here in North America. Mitchkoff does not play in North America. He plays in a different league. He plays in the KHL. He doesn't get the same opportunities. He playing plays against in the men. KHL. He's 18 years old. Have you seen the statistics? Uh, well, I do know that at the very beginning of the year, 
I don't know what was the reason for this. It was very interesting that he did not play literally in the first five or six games of the season. Like the team played him, but he was playing two minutes a game. And there was a big, I don't know if you were reading, reading up on this, but it was a really weird thing that happened that he was not playing at all on his KHL team. So what has happened since that time, Petey? As he well, is, normally, is, normally, like when you go and look at a kid that's drafted in the first round from the KHL or plays in the KHL the next year as a 17, 18 year old, if they play 20, 30 games, yeah, you'd expect their stats to be like even the real six high points. End, yeah, six, six or points. seven like, I was points. Say, like two goals, six assists. And you're yes. kind of like, why is this guy so good? He's got exactly eight points. Yeah. You know, as an 18 year old play. So then you come to learn that it's really hard to score in that league. Younger players don't get a chance to play very much in those. Younger leagues. players do not play over there. But over now here uh, in Canada, Mitchkoff, over here in Canada and the United States, we put younger players on pedestals so, over so there. You, so you're right. He's missed seven games. So finish your sentence over here. Over here, we we put our kids, young players, on pedestals. On pedestals, you're gonna and you're gonna play they... the elite guys. Over there, you have to you have to basically wait for your opportunity. When I played over in Finland in the Finnish Elite League, I told you the story about the first round draft pick from the New York Rangers that didn't play, and I was like, I was telling Sakupakov, I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Not playing this kid. He is literally the second best player in the team besides you, Saku. And he Saku looked at me, goes, that's the Finnish way. They need to wait for their opportunity. Well, so he's he's missed seven games for whatever reason. The team's played 24 games. He has okay. played 17. 17. The leading scorer on the team in 23 games has uh, seven goals, nine assists, 16 points. So I don't know what kind of team points. he's on. He's okay. So this kid, Mishkov, not really in the best situation, I don't think. He's struggling immensely. He's played 17 games. He has seven goals and eight assists, 15 points. Oh, okay. It's a lot better than what I thought. <laughs> That's really good. It's really good. There was a so highlight. He's, of him. he's almost a point a game. Yeah. And he didn't play at all in the first, I think, five games of the season. And then they sat him out a game. So I just remember reading some articles coming from Philadelphia going, what the heck are they doing over there with our first round picks, our seventh overall picks? So it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, We'll see. We'll see how he continues to develop. But going back to Philadelphia, the Cutter Goche that they picked fifth overall is a raging stud. He is going to be an absolute monster in this league. Everybody will know his name. Um, Mitchkoff is another player that might take a couple years. Like he's going to stay probably in the KHL for a couple years. But when he reaches the NHL, he's going to be the next. Um, um, who's the guy from Minnesota? Help me. Kaprizov. Yep, Kaprizov. He'll be the next uh, Kirill uh, Kaprizov. Listen, they also, Philly also drafted Oliver Bonk in the first round. I don't know if you remember the first round, the kid from London. Well, I played with he, his father. I played with uh, oh, Radic Bonk. So I played with uh, Radic Bonk uh, in Montreal, who is a really fantastic player. He played for Ottawa for a number of years, and his son, who plays in the OHL. I think he's a right-handed defenseman, right? Um, got drafted to who? Ottawa? Where Philly. did he get drafted? Philadelphia. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're another on the topic great, of Another great pick. Another great, great pick. 6'2", 180. 
has played 12 games this year, has 10 assists, no goals yet. Yep. Whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Philadelphia is a team that before the season started, we I, I would have put them at a bottom team in the National Hockey League. I would have put the Sabres moving in a direction past the halfway mark of this league. But the same Philadelphia has played some incredible, incredible hockey. Um, you wonder what getting consistent. rid of a couple pieces out of your team that might be distractions or whatever reason just don't fit the mold in the lineup. Sean Couturier, who is without question their best player, they missed him the entire season last year. So he did not play. Their best player. Um, Cam Atkinson, goal-scoring freak that was traded to Philadelphia from the Columbus Blue Jackets, did not play a game last year. Not one. So you add these guys into the lineup. They went and uh, picked up Garnet Hathaway, which not everybody knows that name, but he played for Philadelphia or uh, Washington Capitals. He won a Stanley Cup with Washington. He's a fourth line center that plays the right way, who's really tough to play against. They added players like him and they just have the right chemistry. Like um, the coach, um, Torts. He's basically put this team together with the right group of players that actually want to play for each other. Torts was brought in to make some tough decisions. What did they do? They went and traded away their two top defensemen and got rid of those guys. And you're asking, well, they're going to get worse. No, they're going to get better because of the players want to play for each other. There's no selfishness. There's none of that stuff. So it's going to be a tough battle for, uh, for, uh, for, for the Buffalo Sabres. They're going to have to be on their game um, playing the next two games against Philadelphia because these guys are no jokes. What What's up with the lineup? What about Byro? You sent me a text yesterday about Byro. I did did well that's just kind of well you know you get uh the old uh paul hambone uh, hamilton there and uh mike harrington and guys like that that are sending out the lineups that are heading to philly and you had um byro that was in the lineup that was playing on the right hand side with thompson and greenway you had skinner middlestat with jj paterka playing on the right hand side which is Okay, what's going on there? And then you had a Cousins went back to center playing with Alex Tuck and Victor Olsen. Victor Olsen playing on the left-hand side, which last year he played the entire season on the right-hand side. So, I don't even know what to say. Um, obviously, you have uh, Maybe the a Young showcase. Bucks. I mean, you sent me a text saying, is this a showcase? I think it's I think there is a trade. I think there's a trade possibility with the Philadelphia Flyers, and I think it could involve Travis Connecting. Does that sound stupid? Um, let's let it sound stupid. 
it does not by any stretch of the imagination sound stupid. Um, it would be, it would be an incredible pickup if we had the opportunity to get a player like Travis Konechny, which I've mentioned his name multiple times over the last couple years, because I like the style in which he plays. As much as he can score goals, as much as he can produce points, he's also got a side to him that is a much more physical, nasty um, type of player. The problem is I don't see Philadelphia giving him away. He started the season. He's got eight goals and 11 points in nine games. Exactly. It's like, how, why, yeah. why, why would you ever give him away? He's 26 years well, old. But, 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 but maybe he's playing that well to get max value for Danny B to get something back for him. Maybe there's a mutual agreement. Maybe he wants out. Maybe Danny needs to move why on. Why would maybe, he want out? Why would he want out? Maybe he's guys in a situation just need to change where he's scenery, Maybe they just, it's, he'll shred it anywhere. Maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Maybe they don't want to have to pay him what he's going to request in his next contract off. Well, how much are you going to have to pay him? I don't know if he keeps he's got two more shredding years. it. It's going to be. So he plays out this year and then he has to sign an extension. If he gets 80 plus points, he's 8 million bucks. Speaking of 8 million bucks, he's got two more years. He's got this year at 5'5, five, five, and then and two he's more got after next year at 5'5. Five, five. After this year, there is going to be up for an extension. Yes. 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 That's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Jeremy Rona coming up here. I have a great conversation for you guys. So I was driving down the highway the other day, and have you ever realized how many Salino law signs there are? Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. Why? Whether you're on the 190, they are a sponsor of the podcast now, but I, I noticed that Salino law signs are all over the place. What do you think they're trying to tell you? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? That if you're in a car crash, call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. This uh, segment with Jeremy Roenick brought to you by Whiskey in the Wild. See? And Snipes and Stripes, you can my... find it on the No Filter Network and anywhere you find your podcasts. Go ahead. This is my devotion to my boys. This is my dedication to my boys. Fly in on a red eye to Boston. Zip to find a Dunkin' Donuts. Get my coffee. Get my Dunkin' Donuts. And then jump on with my boys to talk a little hockey in the car. Whose car is that? What's the question? It's a rental car. What do you think? I have cars in every state that I drive fly to. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It looks like a pretty nice car. Like who who rents a sick car like that? Where's the Civic? It's not a sick car. It's like a, it's like a Maxima Nissan Maxima. What do you mean? I don't need it. I just need something to get me from A to B. That's a nice rental car. Like, where's the cloth okay, seats I mean, for tempo? You know what I mean? Where do... I, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's here's where I'm starting with you guys. Um, your boy retired. 
Uh, Craig and I haven't yes. talked about this. I thought when I saw the video, which I thought was unbelievable, his video and the way he does it, just and I don't know Joe Thornton at all. Um, but I know what I know of him through you guys. And seeing that video makes me feel like I know him because that is exactly how you guys have described him to me. What can you say about Joe Thornton? First words after he's retired. Go ahead, Riv, you go first. I mean, he he's truly one of the best players that I ever played with when I played in the NHL. Um, you know, the way he prepared for games, he was extremely loose before games, always smiling and joking. But when the game started, things just switched. And not everybody has a switch like that. He was able to go from a fun-loving guy, always smiling, to when the game started, he became very, very competitive. And just his overall demeanor, being around him, you know, I I played 16 years um, in the NHL. And um, the years that I had in San Jose... I can say were my favorite years that I've played hockey. And it was led, it was led by um, the leadership group that we had on that team. It was led by guys like Joe Thornton, who made every day coming to the rink, just an unbelievable workplace. Okay. And, um, we won a lot. We won a lot. And the standard there was higher than I've ever been around. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I came from Montreal where we had pressure times 50 than we had in San Jose, but the level of competition in amongst our team to win was something that I, I wasn't around before. And uh, Joe Thornton was a big part of that. And he had an unbelievable career. And I know that he's touched a lot of guys over his, the course of his, his uh, playing career. Sad to see a guy like that go. Cause he had a lot of personality. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I absolutely match what you say, but I emphasize it a hundred times more. Um, And you know, you, when you talk about people, you, you, you feel a certain way about somebody and you try to describe them to a friend or to somebody else. And you know, you just can't get the proper words out of your mouth to, to, to properly describe this person. So that person knows exactly who you're talking about. Joe Thornton is one of those guys. You you can't say enough adjectives to describe what it's like to walk into a room when Joe Thornton is in the room or be in a room when Joe Thornton walks into the room because there is never a bad day in Joe Thornton's life. And if you're having a bad day, all of a sudden your day changes when you're around Joe, because he has that, he he has that magnetism that of happiness and he has the voice and the way he talks to you and his laugh and his excitement and his energy feeds right into you. But I will tell you what, if you're not playing well, 
and the team is not playing well, his anger voice and his sternness and his his ability to 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 get a point across with anger is so good, and he doesn't care. So I I've told I've said this to a lot of people. Joe Thornton is. Did you ever get into it with been, him, Jeremy? No, I, no, not at all. Because I love him. Come every on. Aspect of Come on. Did he ever get into, into it with oh. Jeremy? Jeremy was like never a unicorn flying around with his little friggin' wings and he could do whatever he wanted. And Jeremy was like, <laughs> he was like, it was like ridiculous. Like Joe, no one talked to no. Jeremy. Jeremy was a, no. like I said, he was a unicorn. No. Yes. No. Yes. I, That's exactly the I, way I, it was. Yeah. No one, yeah. no one yeah. pissed off or, or disrespected or spoke about Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy was like the glue that was holding things together. He'd been there. He had done that. He had gone through ups and downs and he guys were using him like a sponge to learn from him. Right. And did it was, ever, uh, did you ever get into it with him, Riv? No, absolutely. And never in a million with, years. With I got, the, in, I got Joe into Thornton? it with Joe. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I, I listen one time. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Well, Jumbo, Jumbo kind of jumped down. What I think it was pickles. Was it Vlasic's throw? It was. Or it, was um, got, it wasn't. Wasn't pickles. It was uh, um, Airhoff. Who was it? Who was? Yeah. Oh, Christian. Yes. So Jumbo kind of gave Christian a shot. Like you know, let's wake up. Let's go. And you got to be better. It, it was something towards the defense and ribs snapped and and went after joe and said um you know what the fuck joe it says it's not fucking air hop it's everybody and you know we're all trying to do our job we're all trying to do that and so and jumbo snapped him and rib went right back it was a it was a really cool you know leader leader you know I'm supporting my my guys back here. Joe's supporting his guys up there. It would be but, like Josh Allen. It was great. It would it be like great. Josh Allen going and yelling at uh uh what's our what's our big uh um Vaughn Miller. Like like oh, it was, which one are you, Craig? Which legend are you? I'm talking Vaughn <laughs> Miller, buddy. I'm just saying it, it, it would be like Josh Allen on Jesus. the offense going and shredding a young no, player. He's right. He's right. That's doing yeah. that's maybe making a mistake, but he's literally giving everything he can, but he's making a mistake. And then you have Josh Allen yelling at the defense, which, you know, that offense is one thing and the defense is another and they coexist on the same team, but they've got different jobs. Right. And you got Josh Allen yelling at a defensive player and then Vaughn Miller, which I'm using myself as Vaughn, but yeah. Basically saying, Super Bowl MVP, I kept on. Miller, it was way. one game there where it was relentless. It just kept on coming back to, uh, and then I, I finally, I'm like Christian, tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like tell him something, yeah. or he's going to be on you all game. And then it got to the point where we got into the second intermission, and we walk into the room, and Joe immediately after he's been crucifying Christian all game basically went after him in in between the second intermission and that's when i just kind of lost my shit and i'm like you need to shut the fuck up and worry about your own shit yeah. and we'll worry about our shit in the back end but and and then it just went back and forth you know pretty aggressively yeah. and everybody was like holy shit balls yeah. and then it's like and then listen it man yeah and then it stopped it's just total respect yeah. and i get it and i love it yeah. 
And uh, after the game, and like, I mean, there's, and we didn't, even, and here's the thing. We didn't even go and apologize to each other. Or sorry for talking that way. Like, that's just the way to. it was. See, the, one of the reasons why I love Jumbo is because he was like me pregame. He would do anything he could to get guys' minds loose and guys in good moods and guys happy and make the guys all feel like part of the team. It's just it's it's a good way to get guys if they're worried about the game if they're stressing or whatever just kind of chill. That's what Joe did. Joe was always you know, but it was his voice is the way that he it was that that jumbo happy jubilant. Let's go boys. Let's have fun boys. Yeah, he made these noises and and well, he, he talks was, like he he's a, a like way. a seventeen year old kid. Ah oh, boys, ah oh, let's go boys. There, boys. <laughs> Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Here we go, boys. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was, I don't think there's a guy who loved being in the locker room more, more than Joe Thornton, without question. Do you and remember? I, just wish he, I wish he won a Stanley Cup because that's, after I retired, there is one guy that I wanted to win a Stanley Cup more than anything. It was Joe. So, do you remember, do you remember the comment? I mean, his personality could you imagine him in him in this day and age? I mean, he played kind of at the end of it when he was he, he seemed to be the loosest of all of his entire career. But he had the one comment. I think they were in Vancouver and someone had four goals or something. He goes, I'd pull my my horn out and start stroking it if I was him. Do you like he said that right to the media? Do you remember that? Do you guys remember? Listen, I mean, he's kind of a little offside with his uh, ability wa- to do he, media I, relation uh, interviews after the game where. I watched many a times, and this was uh, obviously back quite some time ago, 15-plus years ago, where he would be sitting in the room literally cocking balls with nothing on him. And then... The, and then Don't you remember the Mitch Marner video last listen, year listen, a few years ago in Toronto when he's standing taping his stick behind Marner and he's buck naked and they blurb it out? Yeah. yeah he was naked Joe. all the time. Yeah, exactly. He didn't want to have clothes on. The public relations if, if guy, was, Tom Holy, who's yeah. now what the assistant GM of Dallas Stars, Tom Holy was our public relations guy. And he was sprinting into the shower, grabbing Joe a towel. And Joe's doing an interview with a ton of media around him. And Joe grabs the towel and puts it around his neck. that's even put it on you know like he's just he was just and and anybody else in this league anybody else in this league i'm telling you this right now it would be an uproar it would be an uproar but joe was like free willy man he just was his personality um was just uh like on a on another level what an amazing guy what a great career first ballot first ballot he yeah, is no a, question. First ballot. Oh my god. It's not, no, even... not even a not even a question. Not even a question in my mind. First ballot hall of fame. I was just gonna say when I got traded to San Jose and my my wife and I flew to San Jose to try and find uh a place to stay. Um Joe um lent allowed me to stay at his home and drive his his car and uh it's just like i when you're going from when you're going from montreal to san jose and where joe lived i'm sitting here looking at my wife like what the hell where where are we i didn't know there was places like this like his house was insane 
uh, his car, nice, big, huge boat of a BMW sitting in the garage. Keys were in nice, it. It was nice just view. like, nice view. And he was like, you know what, ribs do what you want. Stay there as long as you yeah. want, you know? So very generous, yeah. a very, very, very generous person, but man, was he competitive? Like I remember Petey San Jose had one of the toughest travel schedules in the national hockey league. Cause back when we played there, we didn't fly. Like when we had all of our long trips, we never flew into San Jose. We always had to fly into Oakland. Yeah. Oakland yeah. is an yeah. hour away. So yeah. just the overall travel for the team in general was, was very extreme. It was, I think us and Detroit were the two teams in the national hockey league that had the most uh, miles traveled. And <laughs> We would be given days off because guys were exhausted. I mean, mentally and physically drained and exhausted. And Joe yeah. never, when when all the other players were at home on Sunday or, or, or a day that we flew in, he was always at the rink the next day, always going on the ice. He'd be going on the ice by himself. Naked and naked, hanging out naked in the in the training room with the trainers. I found the quote, boys. He's there was a, someone scored four goals one night. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Thomas Hurdle scored four goals and put yeah, the last one there. through his legs, top shelf. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Against the Rangers, maybe yeah. or something, maybe Rangers. Rangers. It was against Marty Buran. That's I when think. Henrik. That's when, that, no. What, no. Was it? No, it was Lundqvist, wasn't it? Because he was pissed. Lundqvist was pissed that he did the, that between the legs thing in the, at the back. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it oh, was shit. Marty Biron. I think Lundqvist was just speaking up on his behalf. Okay. But yeah. he said, remember, this is, this pissed. is, you have to apologize. Okay. So I, I don't care. I'm going to read the quote because I'm quoting a legend. So it doesn't matter. He said, when the press turned his way, that he then added, I'd have my cock out if I'd scored four goals. I'd have my cock out stroking it. <laughs> A little bit of offside lingo there, but uh yeah. I mean how do, how does that how does that fly <laughs> under the radar? Hold like, on, it oh it didn't. It didn't. Oh okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can we just can we just say this? Is there anything more locker room than that? <laughs> like you want locker room. Yeah. That's as locker room as it gets. I'm sorry. That's, you want to know that's as that's as locker. That's as that's breakfast table conversation to the boys on the other side of the room talking about the guy who's not in the room and what they would do if they had scored four goals. Because right. of, no, being a guy well, like is, me, this... I scored four goals my my entire career. Okay. So you want to know what <laughs> I would do if I put up four goals, <laughs> four goals in one night? I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you do the same thing but you know what this is hey this is typical joe to finish off joe, joe thornton um the career that he had i mean he finished what top top five top six in assists of all time whatever is crazy about 1100 something and nobody knew that he retired officially and he never wanted an official retirement and people were asking him are you playing are you done and for him just to do that Awesome little video with his beard, no shirt on with that goofy hat. And the way that he did it was just like, yeah, that was my career. 
thanks for thanks for watching. You find me at the rink. Appreciate it. That's Joe. Just simple, easy, but well, Jesus what's Christ, with the what bloody beard happen? though? What's with the beard? Yeah, it, it's like he, a, I, I think know. they, him and him and Brent know. Burns, because Brent Burns has been growing the beard, like the, you know, the Moses beard forever. And now it's like, Joe loves to get into these things and be like, I'm going to grow a beard too. And now we're going to win all these games and we're going to stick with it. To me, There's it just no seems way. so gross. Like what if that thing gets snagged in a zipper? You know, like that's what I think about. Like what it just, the idea of that, just getting, just tugging at my face and having hair that can pull at my cheeks. It's just, uh, it's not very, yeah, it's, 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 it's just, Joe will he's be such Joe, a good looking guy though. Why is he, why is he got that? Why is he got that thing going? I just don't get it. He obviously likes it because he still has it after he's retired. I don't think there's ever been a teammate of Joe Thornton's, not one. And I'm saying not even one who wasn't, Joe wasn't their favorite. It's just that, and that says something, right? I, I truly believe Joe was everybody's favorite teammate, no matter what. He's just a different, he's just a different bird than every single superstar that I played. Everyone, with. every single one. Who's the greatest player to never win a, a cup? We got to throw Mike Gartner in there. He's the guy that first comes to my mind. Right. And how many goals? Seven hundred something goals. Yeah, Joe Thornton's got to be up there. A lot of them. Jerome again was up there. Eric Lindros is yes, is up there. This was actually Craig's idea. I just hijacked it from him. It's a great topic. Well, when you have a guy like Joe Thornton retire, right? That's played so many games, has been so influential to the game of hockey. You you start to think to yourself, like, who are, who is the best player to ever play this game well, that did not win listen, a Stanley I, Cup. Listen, well, listen, I, I mean, I got to throw this guy in there, even though I'm not a big fan of his, but his he was one of the most unbelievable players of all time. And I think, obviously, the most consistent is Patrick Marlowe. I mean, Patrick Marlowe play, played more games than anybody and didn't win a Cup. More games than anybody ever. And it shows you how hard it is to win a Cup. I yeah, can't give it to something. I can't give it to Marlo though because he uh, voted. He wouldn't vote. even be close to. He to, voted. To, uh, to even if he was that, though, uh, he, even no, if but, he was, but it shows you. But it tells you. Listen, how many he played over sixteen hundred games? No, no, no. Like, he played seventeen hundred and seventy nine okay. games. Okay, so even more so. Just think of that. You play that many games and don't win a championship. Like that's that's crazy, man. I mean. I know he played in San Jose most of his career, but still. How about um, the guy that is six in scoring in NHL history? He sits. Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion. 731 goals scored. 1,771 points. In thirteen hundred and forty-eight games, shit, absolutely mind-blowing statistics. I'll say it again: thirteen hundred and forty-eight games. He had seven hundred and thirty-one goals, seventeen hundred and seventy-one games played. That's sick. 
Yep, he's he's definitely. You I know, he sits he, he sits six in but, in goals but on, in all time goals. He played in L.A. and they were they good back then, or was he just like a super stud that was playing in the Western Forum where they had no fans and no wins? I feel like he's kind of a he was at a bit of a disadvantage. I mean, you got to consider yourself for that list. Uh, for sure. How much does that bother you? Doesn't bother me. Interesting. Doesn't bother me. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I would love to, but you know, I don't think that the cup is so hard to win, and you need twenty guys. I mean, you can't do it by yourself. Think and, it bothers Joe. Think it know, bothers Joe you know, Thornton. My, my, you know, my points. My points per game in the playoffs were. Pretty, we're, we're pretty damn good, you know. And I know, I know, I didn't, I know, I didn't, I wasn't lackluster in my effort. So that's all you can ask for is the effort and and your care, your care level. My care level was really high. So you do can't you, think, you can't win a cup by yourself. Do you think it bothers Joe Thornton? Um, I think it's eating at him a little bit. More. Now it, it, it ate at me harder the first three years I was done, but you know now that I've been retired 13, 14 years it doesn't. I love watching. I love watching. Start the to appreciate what you've done, right? Yeah. I found it. Yeah. I found it. No question. Very difficult. I found it very difficult and very unfulfilling, and almost a bit angry that certain players in my situation like my situation were on teams that were just absolutely awesome teams their entire way through and won Stanley cups. And it was because of the situation that those young players or those players were in at the time that were able, they were able to win a Stanley cup. And I was never on a team except for San Jose that even had a chance to win a Stanley cup. Like I played in Montreal and the team stunk for many, many, many years. We were always just, just good enough to get into the playoffs. We were never all my time, the the 12 years or that I played in Montreal, we never even close to being a team that would um, be in, in the running. So I never played on one of those teams and that angers me. That angers me. I wish I would have had a, a, an opportunity to play and, on a then, really good and then team. You get, and then you get guys like Patrick Maroon, who's a great fourth line guy, great, just a great guts guy, right? That yep. is not going to be the guy that wins you a cup, is good, but is going to have a big part of it. And when he wins three in a row, right? Yeah. It's right time, right place, everybody doing the right thing. You know, you got to take yeah. your hat off to a guy like that. He's a perfect, perfect role, role player, fourth line that, ha- that you have to have to win a cup pretty tough kid uh, he's tough. but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the same for him going into all these games and doing what he does and yeah uh-uh. i mean he, 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 he he'd have his hands full every single night where every single night other people every single night he'd be thinking about that every single night it would get tiring um it would be i listen i know it's a bad subject but it'd be we'd be remiss if we didn't um talk about johnson real quick before the end of the show glad you brought um, it up it's um one of the most horrific things i've ever seen in sports and um you know when when somebody when somebody passes away in in sports it's 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 never easy but this one 
this one could have been avoided. And it, it's, it's kind of irking me. It's irking me more and more. I watched this video. Um, well, what did you see? Uh, well, I saw this, I saw this kid lift his leg up to a, to a head height in a very interesting non-hockey move. But he said he was and, tripped. He said he was tripped up. Did you not see him get tripped up? Yeah, me neither. He wasn't tri he wasn't tripped up. There was no, no trip wasn't. up right there. No. He was behind the guy. He was behind the defense the defender yeah. or the the other guy. And he lifts his leg. He looks actually looks at Johnson and lifts his leg up to his face. And maybe because he looked like he was going to miss him and he was trying to get a piece of him of some sort. But in there is no situation in hockey ever where you lift a skate head height in any situation whether you're trying to knock somebody off the puck whether you are uh trying to distract somebody that is a that is a non-hockey move to the utmost level the legal side of things over there, I think the police are involved. They're doing an investigation. I think they're going to um, look at all of this, ask a lot of questions, watch a lot of video, break it down, and and you know they're going to make their determination on what they feel is is the right course of the action. Questions are correct, but the questions are what what constitutes murder. You know, there's involuntary murder. There's second degree murder. There is accidental murders. I mean, there are people that have accidental murders sometimes that do go to jail. Um, I don't know if this is kind of unprecedented in sports. I think, in my opinion, in the least that should happen is this kid should be banned from playing hockey for the rest of his life. Banned. Done. And I don't care what anybody says because the, the actions that that kid took in that situation is never part of the game, is never taught in the game. That is a mental decision that that kid made to lift his skate up to the face and it cost somebody their life. The least that should happen is he should never play hockey again. Period. End of sentence. Um if they terrible. deem, if they deem, you know, we're again, we're we're looking at videos on Twitter, and I mean, maybe there's different angles, maybe there's different, you know, um, looks at it where they're going to determine something different, and we don't know that. Like, I haven't really sat there and broken down these videos to watch it at at the level that they are going to watch it at. And the questions that they're going to ask. Um, There's some angry former hockey players out there that are questioning what he was doing and what he was thinking. I mean, look at the league that it happened in. I'm sorry. You would never do that in North America. And it's not because you'd be wasn't thinking. I, I was like, yeah, right. Right. Like, well, the, kid has, the, kid has a, the kid has a reputation already. He's one of the most penalized players in the league. So it's in his nature. Okay, to do stupid things. It's just that's, it. a, that's a league. That's a league that is is you know they obviously you know govern themselves. They still want fighting. I mean, I remember when that league started out. It was known as a league that wanted to bring in and have 
tough guys in the league and, you know, kind of like a, like a K, what the KHL was trying to do too with having all this. But then I don't know what the league is like now. I didn't even know they still had a league there, to be honest with you. That's, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Well, it's super sad, man. It's super, super, super sad. And the crazy thing was it was avoidable. It was 100% didn't have to happen. And I, yeah. th- listen, the, the, the kid, the kid, the kid needs, he needs to have something. He needs to have some sort of accountability. Yeah. So when someone I mean, says it was a, it was a, uh, a freak accident on the ice and then you go watch that video and you actually know how to skate. And you've been in yeah, but, many different situations on the ice with with a player behind you, a player you're not gonna, you're, you're not going to get sorry, PD. You're not no, going to get good. one player, not one player that's played the game, especially at our level, that is going to sit there and is going to say that that was a hockey play. Yeah, not no, one, not not one, not one. I have never in my life without with a guy by himself lifting his skate. Yeah. up to somebody's face only when they get tripped or in a scrum or something or submarine like that, never, guy goes low and hip checks him and his feet go rolling over but, but I yeah mean, but never never, never never a guy to lean onto one other leg and lift his other leg like a karate kick and catch catch the jugular i mean it's 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 horrific it's horrific now you know the legal side of it i'll stay out of because that becomes a whole new ball of wax and it is sports. But at the minimum, I'm going to say it again, at minimum, he should be done playing hockey. Banned from every league. Yeah. Banned. Period. I know all of our condolences out to the Johnson family and to his fiance. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. So I um, hope they all know that the hockey world is thinking about him. 